Welcome. Oh, hold on, folks. They stop it. That's uh, an old version. <laughs> Last week's show, <laughs> not, the, not just a jingle. All right. Very good. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is Your Folk Radio, and today is September 25th, 2022. And our co host, as usual, Michael Sweet. How are you doing, Michael? I'm doing very good here in a, a sunny Sweden. It's very sunny, so I don't know about yeah. this this global warming or what you want to call it, but it's a very warm September here in Sweden. It, it's like yeah, the sun is sun is still warming, so I, very nice, very nice here. Yeah, but uh, it's the the uh, how should I put it? the spiritual sun is not shining anywhere. <laughs> the planet Earth is under a pall of Jewish lies and. Rothschild economics. It won't ever improve until the second coming. So our job as Christian Israelites is to make sure that we stay true to the faith, the true faith called the covenant message given to us in the scriptures that Yahshua, that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior and nobody else. But uh, here the Pope disagrees. I put the link in the chat room already. If you want to open it up, uh, those of you in the chat room, Chrislam confirmed, led by Pope Francis, leaders of the world's religions formally adopt human fraternity document at the Seventh Congress. So it sounds like the same old uh, jigaboo nonsense that we got in the French Revolution, the fatherhood of God and the brotherhood of man. You know, all the races and creeds come together under the leadership of who, Michael? Who Who is the leader of all this stuff? Yeah, it's the Rothschild bankers. There you go. There you go. They just hire these people to po- take photo ops <laughs> and pretend to be religious leaders. With the adoption this week by the Seventh World Religions Congress, of the human fraternity document created by Pope Francis and Mohammed bin Zayed, Chrislam is now the official one world religion. Well, what about Hinduism? What, what about uh, uh, what about Judaism? Right? Well, I guess they're leaving those out. It's official. Chrislam has now been codified and ratified with the approval of the Seventh Congress of the leaders of world and traditional religions. Uh, of the human fraternity document created by Pope Francis of the Vatican and financed and promoted by Mohammed bin Zayed. Well, yeah, there's got to be a Rothschild behind him as well. Of the United Arab Emirates. Question. Guess who they forgot to invite to the festivities? Answer. Jesus Christ. His name appears nowhere and is never mentioned. I wonder who the honored guest is then. (laughs) Rothschild, right? So, folks, I mean, if 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 religion isn't declining as we speak, nothing is, right? This is all show, this is all pompous uh, prima donnas marching around on a big stage pretending to represent somebody, right? And it's just like the democracy, folks. It's a pompous, pompous arses running around on a political stage pretending to represent the people, and of course they represent only the muddied interests. So, so, and he quotes First Thessalonians 5.3 here, for when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. I feel the pain, Michael. I feel the pain. So more fake religion. Is this not the false prophet of the book of Revelation? Over to you, Michael. Yeah, and it's, 
for, for me, it's also obvious what the target is all the time. It's never, as I said, it's never to the Hinduism, it's never to the to Judaism or to any other religion. It's always against Christianity and, and, the, right. and the white Caucasians' faith. But then, Catholicism is, is not some that is a that is pagan from the beginning. So, but still, they they try to merge it together. And then, of course. Then we have the Harlots, the, what do you say, the, the daughters to the Harlot Church, which is the Protestant Church and all the, the other denominations. So they would probably also be infested by this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. Uh, Judeo-Christianity, let's just call it that, Judeo-Christianity, is totally infected with Judaism, and now it's being infected with Islam. <laughs> all right? That's that's the state of the world we're in. And it fulfills the proph- several prophecies in the New Testament, especially Second Thessalonians chapter 2 where Paul says there will be a great falling away from the true faith just before the second coming and boy are we getting close we are really getting um, close and uh, do you think Yala, they will abandon, they will forbid pork now when Islam comes in that's a good question that's a, well actually that that might be a good thing <laughs> but they, they obviously Islam does not recognize Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of anybody, right? So there's no oh, way. Right. Yeah. It's only a prophet for them. Yeah, right, right. And so uh, this is just another part of the dumbing down of the Christian world by the Rothschilds using all these front critters, right, that uh, are posing as religious leaders. There are no such thing. So, uh, so folks, just watch out for that. Don't Warn your friends and relatives about this. This is nonsense. It's absolute nonsense. Jesus says, no one comes to the Father but through me. And of course, the Jewish world loves this kind of thing because they know it dilutes Christianity even more. And that's what the Jews are after. Okay? Yeah, and it's... uh it's the comment also, even if you, even how much, I mean, Islam is of course a pagan belief, but they at least, if we give them something, they at least recognize Jesus Christ. But if they you do. In Judaism, they, they hate Jesus Christ. They say he boils in excrement and they, they're the only religion that, that their religion is, is, their target is Jesus Christ. That's right. That's right. They hate Jesus Christ and they hate us. For, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Sussex man says Islam is a Jewish contrived religion. It sure is. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Was, I guess was it you that said that that it was a Jewish rabbi did write the Quran? Oh yeah. No. Uh, it, well, yeah. It was uh, Muhammad invited several rabbis to to compose it, right? Because he was illiterate, and so he didn't know what to do, and so that's why there's so much Old Testament stuff in the Quran. It's because these rabbis put it in there. Okay. And the, the Catholic Church probably was also involved as well. Okay, you know, let's put it this way. Uh, intrigue, political intrigue and religious intrigue are pretty much the same thing. And these religious leaders pretend to acknowledge one another, pretend to respect each other, etc. Where underneath there's always a festering silly rabbi, <laughs> silly rabbi, right? <laughs> Behind pulling the strings and, of course, a very rich Jew like the Rothschilds, right? So you can't take any of this stuff seriously. That's why Christian identity is the most reviled religion on the face of the earth. Yahshua said, you know, they hated me before they hate you, and they sure hate us, okay? All right, so, uh, interestingly, we tried to access the uh, Coleman document that we've been using uh, for the first several shows on this topic, the Tavistock Institute, 
and all of a sudden we were forbidden to go there, so we had to find another PDF version. Uh, we put the link in the chat room if you want to follow along, and uh, we're on page 19. Michael, is that where we're at? Yes, page okay. 19 in chapter 4, Social Engineering and Social Scientists. Okay, yeah, uh, phony. That's also phony. <laughs> All right, okay, yeah. take it. Okay, should we get started? Yep. Okay, I can take us with the first... first uh, Par- Paragraph, uh, yeah. First paragraph, exactly. So, Dr. Kurt Levine was its chief theoretician who specialized in the teaching and applications of topological psychology. Wait a minute, wait, 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 what's that? Topological psychology. That, that sounds very weird. Yeah, that's, uh, topology is the shape of a landscape, you know, or yeah. a, 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 part of, a part of a landscape, or the topology of the body, the shape of the body, that sort of thing. What in the world could topological psychology mean? That's nonsense. Anyway, back to you. Uh, which was and remains the most advanced method of behavioral modifications. Levine was assisted by Major General John Ravlings uh, Rees, Eric uh, Trist, uh, V.R. Bion, H.V. Uh, Dix, and several of the uh, greats of brainwashing and social engineering like Margaret uh, Mead and oh. her husband. Okay, Margaret Mead was a brainwasher. I'll tell you, I'll accept that. <laughs> right? What's the anthropology? Another invented discipline of so-called science. Yeah, and then we have this Gregory uh, uh, Bateson. Bernie was a top consult right up to the time uh, George Bush was placed in the White House by Supreme Court. We don't wow. want to get too technical and thus will not get into specifics of how they apply the social scientists, uh, scientists, science. Most will accept the generic uh, term of brainwashing as an overall explanation of the activities um, of this and mother of all uh, think tanks. Right, mother of all think tanks. Now, uh, for those who weren't with us last week, uh, is it Edwin or Edward Bernays? Bernays is the father of modern public relations, brainwashing, advertising, etc. And he is a cousin of, who's the Jewish psychologist? Sigmund Freud. Yeah, right. He's a cousin of Sigmund Freud. So we have another Jew manipulating our minds through control of media and through control of education, etc., etc. It's never-ending, folks. There isn't a single area of life that isn't controlled or owned by the Jew. Let's continue. It will come as no small surprise to learn that Lewin, L-E-W-I-N, they can pronounce it Levin as well, and his team founded the Stanford Research Area. Okay, so you got their claws in, in West Coast University here. The Wharton School of Economics, MIT, and the National Institute of Mental Health, which hasn't hasn't improved our mental health at all, among scores of other institutions finally believed to be, quote, American institutions. During the course of years, the federal government contributed millions upon millions of dollars to Tavistock and its expanded web of interlinking institutions, while corporate America and Wall Street came up with matching amounts. So, it's got to be good, Michael. All these big corporations are behind it. 
Yeah, and you see, what what would those people have MIT with? Isn't that a, um, a technology in university? Yeah, uh, Massachusetts Institute of Technology is like one of the foremost scientific universities in the world. Yeah. Yeah. It is. So, what, what, yeah, but still, they use probably that for, the, for having in front with their technology. And probably, I can guess, some of those vaccine technology has come from there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the, all these corporations, yeah, the, the corporations, the universities, the, the tax exempt foundations, the banks, they're all interlinked, and they're the ones who determine our future, our fortune. All right. Over to you. Uh, we make bold to say that without the amazing growth and advances techniques for mass brainwashing developed uh, by the Tavsok Institute, there would have been no Second World War, nor any of the wars that followed, and certainly not the two Gulf Wars, the second of which is still raging in November 2005. Okay. By the year 2000, there was hardly any aspect of life in America into which Tavsok's temple had not reached and that included every level of government from local to federal, industry, trade, education, and the political institutions of the nation. Every mental and psychological aspect of the nation was analyzed, recorded, profiled, and stored in a computer memory bank. Yeah, and names and dates of all anybody who does not want to accept this system, right? Now, this is really mind control from the top down, absolutely. What has come out of this is what Tavistock calls a three-system response, and it is how population groups react to stress resulting from contrived situations, that's called politics, folks, that become crisis management exercises. What we have in the U.S. and Britain is a government that creates a situation viewed by its citizens as a crisis, and government then manage that crisis. Yeah, COVID. Yeah. Uh, what what would you say? Don't let a good crisis go to waste. Yeah, that's right. Right, yeah, the mayor of Chicago. <laughs> right. Um, and this memory bank, Eli, don't you think we and CI are pretty high up in that bank? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, how do you mean? We, we have, uh, they, uh, they I don't know they have a list about... Not so, I, I think if they store um, information about people that are not... Oh. Uh, so uh, kindly toward the present Jewish governments. Right. Yeah, well, yeah, they 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 ha- definitely have us listed under terrorists. But uh yeah, right. Joe Joe Biden expanded the the meaning of terrorist to include to include any white person who voted for Donald Trump. Oh, okay. Yeah. That that was <laughs> my goodness. Okay. Um yes, let's continue. An example of a contrived situation was the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor in December 1941. The attack on Pearl Harbor was contrived, as pre- uh, previously explained herein, with the transfer of Rockefeller cash and Richard Storage, the master spy, and then to a member of the imperial family to prompt Japan to fire the first shots so that the Roosevelt administration could take the United States into World War II. Okay, that's interesting. So... Uh, what Dr. Coleman does in this document, he identifies the spies who were doing the dirty work for the Rothschilds. So this person is Richard Sorg, S-O-R-G-E, again, never heard of this guy, but uh, these are throughout this document he identifies the operatives that are working for Tavistock and working for the Jew World Order. Okay, so let's continue. The 
economic strangulation of Japan by Britain and the United States unilaterally choking off the flow of essential raw materials, including uh, gasoline, to the island factory that was Japan, had reached a point where a decision was made to put an end to it. Let me just read this next one here. Short paragraph. Tavistock played an enormous role in crafting the massive wave of anti-Japanese propaganda that swept the United States into the war in Europe via war against Japan. So here we see this uh, uh, an institute that nobody has heard of, certainly not here in America, is manipulating our politicians and economics. Back to you. And for sure not in Sweden as well. They, they yeah. have n- never... Yeah. Be aware of those those very and they are so they do it always behind they are yeah they do it always so um, yeah behind the scenes they they think that it comes from the politicians come up with their their political uh, what to say uh, what they stands for but it's not it comes from those institutions they have their their what to say um, their um, uh, I lost the name their advisors that uh-huh, give them right. those uh, uh, that's where it comes from yeah. Uh- Urban Goy makes a very good point. What would the Democratic Party ever do if Trump died? <laughs> right? He's their boogeyman, right? That's why he's still lurking around in the shadows, pretending that he might be president one day. All right? So, yeah, it's just a uh, pitting. It's a divide and conquer. Democrats versus Republicans, or Demopublicans versus Republicrats. That's what's going on here, and it's no more honest than that. Okay, back to you. Yes, unbearable economic pressure was put on Japan, while at the same time the Roosevelt administration ref- refused to negotiate until the, until the Tokyo government could see no way out but to attack at Pearl Harbor. Roosevelt had uh, conveniently obli- uh, uh, obliquely shifted the Pacific fleet into harm's way by moving it from its safe haven at San Diego to Pearl Harbor for absolutely no valid or strategic reason, thereby placing it uh, squarely in reach of, of the Japanese Navy. Okay, but he did take all of the aircraft carriers out of the bay and put them out to sea, out of harm's way. Okay? Basically, the, that battleship fleet that was at Pearl Harbor was already obsolete, so he enticed the Japanese to destroy that, and boy, he got a really good excuse for war, did he? Did he not? Okay. Yeah. Always maneuver your enemy into firing the first shot. <laughs> okay. Another example yeah. is more recent, the Gulf War that began when a hue and cry was raised about Iraq's alleged stocks of nuclear and chemical weapons, the so-called weapons of mass destruction. The Bush administration and the Blair government knew that the issue was, quote, a contrived situation without foundation or merit. They knew that there were no such weapons. Indisputable proof existed that Hussein's weapons program had been nullified after the 1991 Gulf War and through continued brutal sanctions. Right. And they never did uh, demonstrate that there were any weapons of mass destruction. Even you know, well, I like to say that if Hussein had such weapons, he would have used them, would he not? Of course. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just, uh, it's so that people... Even I don't know that they even afterward didn't realize that they were lied to. Yeah. Now this is, brings me to I just had a flash. The whole point of television, besides advertising, is to keep our attention spans very very short, 
so that we're always anticipating the next new segment, right? Or the next new show, the next new this and new that. And so the American people, always demanding something new, will forget. Yeah, who who wants to watch reruns? <laughs> All right, that's for that's for overnight television. Of the people with the uh, red eyes who can't go, fall asleep. So they're always putting up new stuff for us, and we never remember what happened in the past. The American people, and probably the Western world in general now, has a very, very short memory span, and therefore they can never connect the dots. Okay. Yeah, that's the, that's uh, is the, so that's why we have uh, we try to expand our people's uh, memory view. Right, we're trying. Yeah, <laughs> we should. Hey, we should have a quiz after every show. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, please continue. In short. The two Western leaders were caught out in a web of lies. Yet such is power of the Committee of 300 and the brainwashing power of Tavistock that they remained in office, although it is an ex- accepted fact that because of their lies, at least one million Iraqis and more than 2,000 American servicemen dead and 25,999 wounded. Oh, what a number. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Russia's uh, grew military intelligence figure, of which 53% are named, must must be, uh, with the uh, cost of monetary terms as of October 2005, exceeding $550 billion. Right, untold numbers of refugees, uh, injured, maimed people, etc., etc. It's a, oh, uh, remember, uh, what was her name? Uh, She was our Secretary of State during this time. And uh, she admitted she was Jewish uh, during this time. And she was very gleeful about all of the the injured, maimed, and killed children and people in Iraq. Madeline Albright. Madeline Albright. What a piece of... uh, You fill in the blank there. Okay. The Iraqi death toll is the total of both... Gulf Wars, of which the majority are civilians who died from the lack of food, clean water, and medicine as a result of the criminal sanctions imposed by the British and U.S. governments under cover of the U.N. Now, thank you for bringing the U.N. in, because that's the headquarters of the Rothschilds. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. In carrying out sanction against Iraq, the U.N. violates its own charter, and from them on became a crippled institution lacking credibility. Oh, it was, it was uh, that beforehand, yeah. Please continue. <laughs> there is no parallel in history where a man holding the highest office was proven to be a liar and deceiver and yet could remain in power as if nothing had stained his office. A state of affairs that demonstrates the power of the Tavistock Institute's long-range penetrations and inner conditioning treatment of the American people that would cause them docilely to accept such a horror filled situations without yeah. even taking to the streets in rage yeah yeah docilely that's a very unusual word that he and docile uh, submission to uh, you know, the political situation well did Henry Ford say that quote people deserve the government they get unquote if the people do nothing to turn that government out of office such as is the right of the American people under their U.S. Constitution, then they deserve to have liars and deceivers running their nation and their lives. Well, it's too much entertainment, not enough truth. 
All right, politics is entertainment as well, or uh, what do they call it? Docutainment? History is docutainment, right? Politics is infotainment. All right, back to you. Yeah, yeah, but it's no truth in it. It's only something that people, and then people take it as serious, but it's just theater on yeah. our, on this on this big theater with the uh, right. just write uh, scripts. Yeah, that's another aspect of mass media. It's infotainment where they present fake news as if it were true news, but to make it entertaining as well, right? So uh, our people are addicted to entertainment. That's across the board. That's everybody, addicted to entertainment. And uh, that's why they, the Jews had to get control of the networks, you know, NBC, ABC, CBS, when it was just radio. They got control of those networks very early on. They total control of Hollywood. And, of course, the news uh, outlets, the, the Rothschilds, uh, have controlled Reuters, I think, since the 1920s. So the flow of information is one-sided, as, as uh, John Coleman here is telling us through the Tavistock Institute. Okay, back to you. And that is also why I guess you know, that our people doesn't read any books anymore. They don't put their nose within a book and read to learn oh. what is actually happening yeah. to expand yeah. their vision. Yeah, they just read gossip on, on Facebook, <laughs> right? That's all. Facebook, Twitter, etc. It's all gossip. Yeah, gossip are very short yeah. and very the, the attention span for them is so low. They can barely read a line without the, right. Yeah, yeah, and, and Red China has uh, joined the. Uh, the program with their TikTok stuff, right? So there's untold numbers of fake news gossip uh, programs that uh, entertain people. Going back to entertainment. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I saw that in, in China, they basically only promote all the good examples in China. But here in, in the West, they only promote silly stuff, stuff that's not funny. It is just making fun. They not. It's just silly. It is, it is only degenerating for us. That's right. But in China, they have a political uh, algorithm there. Right. Well, of course, communism is ultimate brainwashing, right? And uh, fortunately for us, the Chinese economy is in total collapse. And, uh, you know, the people are demonstrating against the housing mark, housing collapse, which uh, was orchestrated by essentially the, the small-scale free market that they allow in the big cities because communist bureaucrats are too corrupt to run anything, right? So they they hire people who are good at running a, a company or a corporation, and that that corporation makes money until it collapses, right? And that's basically the entirety of the Chinese economy. It has been running, but now it's collapsing. So I don't think we really have anything to fear from China unless the Rothschilds need to have their military attack the West, which they may need eventually, but uh, it's in such disarray that I don't even think they can muster an army to, uh, to uh, you know, leave their borders. That's how that's how seriously the Chinese economy is wrecked. All right, back to you. Yeah, that could also be something of Zhao is doing, probably. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, every big bureaucracy government has always self-destructed. It always has. And so, but that's what America and the West have now. The, the only difference is that the leaders of the West, namely the Rothschilds, uh, can, can keep producing money until it's out of style, which it uh, nearly is now. 
and they're going to replace it with uh, CBDC, Central Bank Digital Currency. And that's scheduled to happen, I believe, folks, on December 3rd, in which case they may freeze uh, your cash accounts and you, they will force you to accept a central bank digital, which is totally electronic. That's, that's what they have in the works. And therefore, they can you know, manipulate the economy forever without anybody knowing how they do it. All right, back to you. Yeah. Uh, on the other hand, the American people may well be going through uh, the one of the three phases of what Dr. Fred Emery, at one time, the senior psychiatrist at Tavistock once described as social environmental turbulence. According to Emery, large population groups manifest the following symptoms when subjected to conditions of violent social changes, stress and turbulence, which can be divided into well-defined categories. Okay. Superficial Superficially is condition that manifests itself when the threatened population group reacts by adopting a shallow um, sloganing, which they attempt to pass off as ideals. Right. That's where we're at today. Yeah, because yeah, uh, basically it's our slogans against their slogans, but we don't have the massive public relations department that they do, right? But nevertheless, more and more people are being, beginning to see through the psychological conditioning that we're being subjected to by mass media, and they're turning it off. And actually, Donald Trump was instrumental in uh, his slogan, namely, it's fake news, right? That woke a lot of people up. Very little ego investment takes place making the first phase a maladaptive response because, as Emery stated, the cause of the crisis is not isolated and identified. have to change uh, change the page here, folks. Identified. The, the crisis and tension is not abated, but continues for as long as the controller wants it to last. The second phase of the crisis reaction, since the crisis is continuing, is fragmentation, a condition in which panic strikes, social cohesion falls apart, with the result that very small groups form and attempt to protect themselves from the crisis with little or no regard for the expense or cost to other fragmented small groups. This phase Emery calls the passive maladaption while still failing to identify the cause of the crisis. Well, I don't think that's going too well, Michael, because certainly the Second Amendment people in America and the true conservatives in America have figured this out. That uh, they're not they're not aware that the Jew is behind all of it, but they absolutely no longer trust government there might be a few conservatives that think that Trump could do something about it if he gets reelected, if he gets, but I think there's, that's pretty much over. I think they felt betrayed by Trump because he fast-tracked COVID. And, oh, by the way, Fauci resigned. He's out of the picture now, <laughs> right? I think maybe he was starting to feel the heat. So, the, uh, still, the Rothschilds are deathly afraid of the Second Amendment and the fact that we Americans can defend ourselves with guns, and they have not, after decades of trying to get rid of our guns, have failed. All right, And even now, if anything, the American gun owner is even more suspicious of government than, than ever. All right, back to you. 
Um, the third phase is when the victims turn away from the source of the induced crisis and the resulting tension. They take fantasy trips of internal migration, and introspection and obsession with self. Oh. Uh, this is what Tavistock calls disassociations and self-realization. Emery goes on to explain that the passive maladaption response are now coupled with active maladaptive responses. Okay, well I think this is only true of the inattentive masses, right? Those people who just believe what they see and hear on television, but true conservatives... You know, they're beyond it. They, they don't fantasize that what they fantasize about is getting rid of the, the corrupt government officials. That's what they fantasize about, right? So they, they, this is, of course, theory. Psychological theory is never re- reality. And thus, all this assumes that they can maintain total control over the minds and hearts of all people at all times. And they can't. They can't. Not everybody is as stupid as Emery thinks. All right. Emery states that over the past 50 years, that experiments in applied social psychology and resultant crisis management have taken over all aspects of life in America, and the results are stored in the computers in the major think tanks, such as Stanford University. The scenarios are taken out, used, and revised from time to time, and according to Tavistock, the scenarios are in operation at the present time. Well, yeah, they always have some scenario operating. But uh, they're working less and less well as time goes on. Yeah, and they have to revise them. Yes. Uh, Translated, this means that Tavistock has the majority of the American people profiled and brainwashed. If any part of the American public is ever able to identify the cause of the crisis that have washed over this nation in the past 70 years, the social engineering structure built by Tavistock will come crashing down. But that has not yet happened. Tavistock continues to draw the American public in its sea of created public opinion. Right. Uh, Swamp Fox put in the chat room, We'll know our disinformation program is complete when everything the American public believes is false. That's William Casey, who was the head of the Central Intelligence Agency at the time. However, it's not, it's not working that well. It just isn't. Because thanks to Trump, the one good thing he did was he explained to the American people that we're, we're suffering from fake news, right? Uh, and he's actually part of the problem, but at least he woke half the people up. Let me put it this way. He woke up half the conservatives, maybe more, right? But the Democrats are still 100% in line with all this propaganda, and they, they always will be, because the Democrats are communists, and they want totalitarian control. Okay. Uh, where did you stop? Because I, I left the document here. Uh, page uh, I can continue, I can read the page down. Right? Okay. Down page yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Take the rest of the chapter. We're almost done. Yeah. The social engineering developed by the social scientists, social science scientists at Tavistock, has been used as a weapon during this century. Two world wars, especially World War One. Uh, the uh, pollsters who developed it have been quite frank that they employ on the American population. The same devices and method used and experienced with a, against enemy populations. Today, the manipulation by polls of public opinion has become a central technique in the hands of the social engineers and controllers of the social scientists employed at Tavistock and its many think tanks 
located all over the United States and Britain. Okay, this reminds me also of you know pro- like professional sports, like when they had that commie quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers kneel down instead of having standing for the <laughs> national anthem, right? And so they're they're using every possible trick in the book, uh, politicizing professional sports to the point where the entertainment value is no longer there. Okay, so you know, of course this is what, I think this was published in two thousand five. So as as more and more people wake up to fake news, the the program fails, and that's where we're at. The program is starting to fail. All right, chapter five. Do we have what H? Yeah, go ahead. Do you think also this could be one of the reasons why the bankers are panicking a bit now that they have feel they have short of time because their method of of manipulation is disappearing yes. for them? Absolutely, and uh, you know that uh, that uh, recording uh, we have at Eurofolk Radio about David Goldberg. He actually it is twenty eighteen. He predicted COVID because he said that the Rothschilds were afraid that they were losing the minds of the American people who no longer want to support the Israeli state, okay? And the colleges and, and groups wanted to dis, uh, has a disfinance, for lack of a better term, stop financing the Israeli state. And the, and the Jews have responded by saying, no, you can't do that. You, the American people must support the Israeli state. And so whenever you try to force these things on free people, they resent it. And they turn against the program. So it is collapsing. And he said what what would happen is the Rothschilds are going to come up with some kind of devious scheme, probably a fake pandemic, right? (laughs) He predicted this in 2018, and they bumped him off because he did that video. So, And I think he's right. The Rothschilds began to panic, and they needed to create a forcible... Uh, you know, lockdown of the people of the world, not just uh, Americans, but the entire world, to force their, uh, what was it? Well, it's an Orwellian. Force their Orwellian point of view down our throats, okay? And people aren't liking it. And also, another aspect of good news in Britain, the last survey I read, is that fewer and fewer Brits are accepting the jab, and they're simply starting to reject the jab. So I think that's over with, all right? They've They've got as many lemmings as they could possibly find, and the rest of them are not jumping into the water, right? So they have to find a new means to control us, and I think right now it's food. They're gonna, they're gonna reduce the food supply, and you know that's why we had all these fires and uh, explosions in food processing plants here in America. Thirty or forty of them have happened already. Anything like that happening in Sweden? I'm thinking, and I'm not. I'm not heard too much about it. That has been much here. Okay. So it's, yeah. I think it looks. I had a look at our map where that was shown, but it was, as you said, mostly it was um, central to the America. There, where right. I saw that the, the food processing plant has been right under attack. I would say. Yeah, they want to starve us out, and uh, I think uh, since Sweden is Sweden a part of NATO. Uh, no, they didn't now go go okay. with NATO, but I, I would say like this. Uh, officially, they are not with NATO, but inofficially, they cooperate. Oh, okay. So, right. Yeah. I, I'm. I don't really. I regard, and if I would be Russia, Russia probably regards Sweden as a NATO nation. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, because the Rothschilds need 
the United Nations troops and they need the NATO troops to use against America should that need arise. Okay, so, uh, but nevertheless, they're they're destroying Germany now with the shutting down of the energy pipeline. I can't imagine what winter is going to be like in Europe without heating fuel. It's going to be horrible, Michael. It's going to be horrible. I hope you got a nice uh, padded sleeping bag <laughs> just in case, all right? Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, Chapter 5. As I have previously related, the modern science of making public opinion through advanced techniques of manipulating mass opinion began at at one of the West's most advanced propaganda factory situated in Britain at Wellington House. This facility, dedicated to social engineering and creating public opinion at the commencement of World War I, was under the aegis of Lords Rothmere and Northcliffe, who have to be Jews, and the future director of the studies of the Royal Institute of International Affairs. Arnold Toynbee, Wellington House had an American section, whose most prominent members were Walter Lippmann and Edward Bernays. Okay, but he's not an American, he's an Austrian Jew, moved to America. As we discovered later, Bernays was the nephew of Sigmund Freud, a fact carefully hidden from public view. Yeah. Uh, jointly, they centered work on techniques to mobilize support for World War I among the masses of people who were opposed to war with Germany. The public perception was that Germany was a friend of the British people, not an enemy, and the British people saw no need to fight Germany. After all, was it not true that Queen Victoria was the cousin of Kaiser William II? She was a German! <laughs> the house of Saxe-Coburg! Yes, and yep. uh, Toynbee, Lippmann and Bernays worked to persuade them that war was necessary using the techniques of the new science through new arts of mass manipulation via the communication media for its propaganda purposes. Uh, tinged with willingness to lie, um, which was just getting into its stride, having learned a great deal of experience d- uh, during the Anglo Boer War. Oh, that's between 1999 yeah. to 1902. Yeah, and uh, Winston Churchill was involved in the Anglo Boer War. He was, of course, on the British side. And uh, the, what, the, what the Brits did to the Boer people is just unconscionable, it's genocide. Folks, that was genocide because they wanted all that gold and diamonds and all the natural resources in South Africa, which was the, at that point in time owned by the Boer people, and so the Boer people had to be dis, uh, how's it, dis, uh, well, disaffected, yeah, but removed from that position of power so the Rothschilds could get their filthy, grubby hands on all that uh, natural wealth. Okay. It was not only the British public whose perception of events had to be altered, but also the American public. To this end, Bernays and Lippmann were instrumental in getting Woodrow Wilson to establish the Creel Commission, C-R-E-E-L, the Creel Committee, which created the first body of methodological techniques for dissemination of successful propaganda and for the science of polling to secure the correct opinion, right? Correct is in quotes here. Now, Michael, I understand that in Europe, the word propaganda does not have always the negative connotation that it does here in America. 
here the word propaganda means false information okay but it, I, it's not as I said it's not that uh, here in Europe if you call it propaganda they, they don't react as in your market as propaganda is for me it's lies right yeah yeah so but for most Europeans propaganda simply means you know the flow of it, like news propaganda is more like news to Europeans where for yeah. us propaganda is lies okay Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's uh, exactly that's how okay. it is. Yes. Okay. Um, it was not only British public whose percept, uh, percept. Now wait, you yeah read, from sorry. from the beginning, from the beginning. Uh, uh, from the beginning, the techniques were designed in such a way that polling, public opinion making was based on one obvious but striking features. It was. Um, uh, concerned with people's opinions, not with their understanding of the process of science. Thus, by intent, the pollster elevated an essential irrational element of mind to a primal level of public focus. This was a conscious decision to undermine the a grasp of the reality of masses of people in an increasingly complex industrial society. Yeah, so you poll the Democratic Party and they all go along with the program, right? And you control the Republican Party and half of that, those will go along with the program, the other half won't. So, but then you publicize the results of the poll and people are, people's opinions are swayed. Well, everybody else believes this nonsense, so maybe we should also. And that's what the whole intent of, of polling. Remember when Hillary was running against Trump and the poll said that Hillary is miles ahead of Trump. Yeah. And of course, that was nothing but lies. They were just trying to influence Republicans into voting for Hillary. And, of course, it didn't work. All right, let's continue. If you have ever watched Fox News where viewers are given the results of a poll about what Americans are thinking, and then for the next hour found yourself shaking your head and wondering what the results of the poll reflected about your own thinking processes, then you could only have felt more puzzled than ever. Right. Why am I watching television? <laughs> um, the key to understanding Fox News and the poll might lie in what Lippmann had to say about such matters. In his 1922 book, Public Opinion, Lippmann outlined Tavistock's psychological warfare methodology. And in an introductory chapter, uh, The World Outside and the Picture in Our Heads, uh, Littmann stressed that the object of study of the public opinion social analysis is reality as defined by internal perception or images of that reality. Public opinion deals with indirect, unseen and puzzling facts, and there is nothing obvious about them. The situations to which public opinions refer are known only as opinions. Uh, the pictures inside the heads of these human beings, the pictures of themselves, of others, of their needs, purposes, and relationship are their public opinions. Sure. These pictures, which are acted upon by groups of people or by individuals acting in the name of groups, are public opinion with capital letters. The pictures inside too often mislead men in their dealings with the world outside. Yeah, or as Andre Agassi, the tennis player, said, image is everything. <laughs> I forget about truth. Uh, image and opinion is what rules the world now. Truth has uh, well, is, is in last place. Every other PR method precedes truth. 
But you know, slowly but surely, people are beginning to wake up. Of course, the, you know, we have the situation in America and virtually every country in the world where the dominant party manipulates the minds of the majority, and as long as we can get the majority to follow the this uh, public relations campaign, these parties will stay in power. All right, that's called democracy, folks. It's not republicanism. It's you know, democracy is mob rule by 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 PR campaigns. So from this evaluation, it is easy to take the next decisive step made by Bernays, that the elites who run society can do marshal the, can and do marshal the resources of mass communications to mobilize and alter the herd mind. I'll take the next paragraph that's so short. Uh, one year after Lippmann's book, Bernays authored Crystallizing Public Opinion. Man, they keep on pumping up these uh, manuals for manipulation. One year after Lippmann's book, Bernays authored Crystallizing Public Opinion. He followed that in 1928 with a book entitled, quite simply, Propaganda! <laughs> All right. Okay, why don't you take the next three very short paragraphs. Uh, in the first chapter, Organizing Chaos, Bernays wrote... The conscious and intelligent manipulations of the organized habits and opinions of masses is an important element in a democratic society. Those who manipulate this unseen mechanism of society constitute an invisible government, which is the true ruling power of our country. We are governed, our minds are molded, our tastes formed, our ideas suggested, largely by men, that we have never heard of. Our invisible governors are, in many cases, unaware of the identity of their fellow members in the inner cabinet. Whatever attitude one shows to take toward this condition, it remains a fact that in almost every act of our daily lives, whether in the sphere of polit- uh, politics or businesses, in our social conduct or our ethnical thinking, we are dominated by the relatively small number of p- persons uh, a trifling fraction of our hundreds arid 20 millions who understand the mental process and social patterns of the masses. It is they who pull the wires, which control the public mind, who harness old social fa- forces and contrive new ways to bind and guide the world. Yeah, um, artificial glue. <laughs> Propaganda is the glue that holds their power together, Right. So we need to uh, get a squirt gun with a, a solvent, you know, so like a, a paint thinner. Spray some paint thinner on this glue and make it dissolve. Yes. Wow. Uh, but as we said before, that this hold on the public mind is no longer holding together too well because people are waking up and certainly patriots everywhere are beginning to smell a rat. They just don't smell that it's a Jewish rat. They will eventually smell that. That's it's inevitable. Okay, all right. In propaganda, Bernays followed his praise of the invisible government by underscoring the next phase that propaganda techniques would follow, namely, as civilization has become more complex, and as the need for invisible government has been increasingly demonstrated, the technical means have been invented and developed by which opinion may be regimented. With the printing press and the newspaper, the telephone, telegraph, radio, and airplanes, ideas can spread rapidly and even instantaneously 
over the whole of America. In other words, gossip has been elevated to the level of news. <laughs> Back to you, Michael. To back up his point, Bernays quote, the, the mentor of public opinion manipulations, A.G. Wells, he cited a 1928 article in the New York Times in which Wells welcomed modern means of communications for opening up a new world of political processes and for following the common design to be documented and sustained against perversion and betrayal. For Wells, the ad- advent of mass communications leading up to television meant a fantastic new path for social control beyond the wildest dream of the er- earlier mass manipulation fan- um, fanatics of fanatics, the British yeah. society. Right. Uh, yeah. We shall return to this uh, vitally important subject later herein. Okay, let's turn the page. Chapter 6. Mass communications ushers in the polling industry. For Bernays... His recognition of Wells' idea won him a key place in the hierarchy of U.S. public opinion controllers. In 1929, he won a position at CBS, which had recently been taken over by William Paley. And I don't know if Paley was a Jew or not. I don't think he was, but eventually the Jews took over CBS. Yeah, so why don't we, uh, because these paragraphs are so short, why don't we take two paragraphs at a time, okay? So, by the same token, the advent of mass communications ushered in the polling sampling industry to organize the perceptions of the masses for the media mafia, part of the invisible government running the show from behind the scenes. So, uh, he, he never really mentions the Jews in this document, but we know, he knows that the Jews control all this. Back to you. By 1935-36, polling was a full was in full swing. In the same year, Elmo Ropper began his Fortune magazine for surveys, which evolved into his "What People Are Thinking" column for the New York Herald Tribune. George Gallup initiated the American Institute of Public Opinion in 1936. He opened up the British Institute of Public Opinions. Gallup was the headquarters. Um, his activities around Princeton University, intermeshing with the Office uh, of Public Opinions, research institution for internal, international, uh, international social research psychology department, complex run by um, Hadley um, Cantrell, who was destined to play an increasing important role in developing the psychological uh, profiling methods later to be used in manufacturing the uh, Aquarian conspiracy. Oh, wow. Okay. Hadley Cantrell, another unfamiliar name, H-A-D-L-E-Y Cantrell, C-A-N-T-R-I-L, and of course George Gallup should be familiar to everybody, okay? So, in the same 1935-36 period, the first time use was made of polling in presidential elections. Under the impetus of two newspapers owned by the Cowles family, C-O-W-L-E-S, the Minneapolis Star Tribune, and the Des Moines Register. The Cowles are still in the news business. Based in Spokane, Washington, they are active opinion makers and their support for the of the Bush War in Iraq was a crucial factor. Um, it is not certain who introduced the practice of advisors to the president. Those persons who are not elected by the citizen and whom they have no opportunity to vet. 
But who decide the internal and external foreign policies uh, of the nation? Woodrow Wilson was the first American president to make use of the practice. Okay, there's a subheading yeah, yeah. here, Opinion Research in World War II. So please continue. Well, you had something to say there? Uh, can it be that what well, that was one of the one of the stuff that the Jews got when they blackmailed him? Oh, for sure. For yeah, sure. Was, well, yeah. Uh, well, the first uh, thing... Advisors. They are, they right. are Jewish, and that has always been history. That king, yeah. before it was the king that had their heirs, so now it's the president... Right, yeah. And, of course, his main advisor was Colonel House, who was, in fact, a Jew working directly for the Rothschilds, right? And, and the first thing that Woodrow Wilson did after being compromised with uh, blackmail was he appointed a Jewish Supreme Court justice, uh, his name, uh, Brandeis, Louis Brandeis, who was not even an American citizen. He was a Jew of foreign birth. How does that happen? Okay, that shows what power the Jews have over Woodrow Wilson. Okay, uh, please continue. Opinion research and World War II. Uh, these were all small lead-ups to the next phase, triggered by two important in- intersecting developments. The arrival of emigre em- psychological warfare expert uh, Kurt Levine in Iowa and the involvement of the United States in World War II. World War II provided uh, the emerging Tavistock social science scientists with enormous scope for experiment, experimentation. Levine leadership put together the key force that would develop after World War II to utilize those techniques developed in warfare against the population of the United States. In fact, in 1946, Tavistock declared war on the civil populations of the United States and has remained in a state of war ever since. Absolutely, absolutely. The basic conceptions expounded by Levin, Wells, Bernays, and Lippmann remained in place as the guidepost for manipulation of public opinion. The war gave the social scientists the opportunity to apply them in a highly concentrated form and to bring together a large number of institutions under their direction to further the ends of their experiments. Yeah, we're all, we are, we are the lemmings or the guinea pigs for the international Jew, no doubt about it. The core institute, which was the vehicle for making public opinion, was the committee. Oh, sorry, the committee on national morale. Never heard of it. Committee on national morale, ostensibly established to mobilize support for the war in much, in much as. It should probably say in so much as President Wilson had set up his management committee to manage World War One. Its real purpose was to carry out the intensive profiling of both the Axis and American populations for the purposes of creating and maintaining a means of social control, uh, war agitation, constant war agitation. The committee was headed by several leaders of the American society, including Robert B. P. Bass, Herbert Bayard Swope, among other notables. Its secretary was Margaret Mead's husband, Gregory Bateson, one of the principal instigators of the CIA's notorious MK Ultra LSD experiments that some experts consider as the launch vehicle for the U.S. counterculture of drugs, rock, and sex. You got that right. Okay. The committee's uh, board of uh, trustees include poll taker George Gallup, intelligence agent uh, Ladislas um, Farago, and Tavistock psychologist Gardner Murphy. Uh, the committee ran 
uh, number of special projects, the most important being a major study on how best to wage psychological warfare on Germany. The key persons that are critical to the development of the public opinion project were uh, Kurt K. Levine, education and history, psychological social scientist, Professor Gordon W. Alcourt, psychology, Professor Edwin G. Boren, psychology, Professor Har uh, Hadley Cantrell, psychology, uh, Ronald Lip Lippitt, social scientist, Margaret Mead, anthropology, social scientist, youth and child development. I had no idea that uh, Margaret Mead was so high up in the establishment. I thought she was just a run-of-the-mill anthropologist. I would have stand corrected. Okay. Uh, all right, take this uh, short paragraph, and I'll take the last two, because we're into the next chapter. Um, the, staff, the staff numbered more than 100 researchers who comprised the staff of the committee and several opinion profiling institutions critical to the project. Okay, now make sure, folks, that psychology is not an exact science. It is a lot of theory, but uh, if you can control people to the point where they don't know that you're being experimented upon, it works pretty well, right? And so that's what propaganda is all about. That's what the psychology departments of these universities are actually focusing on not helping people the art of psychology is not, not helping anybody it's manipulating people that's what it's all about okay one such a special project team was in the office of strategic services the forerunner of the cia composed of margaret mead kurt lewin ronald lippett dorwin cartwright John K. French, and public opinion makers like Samuel Stouffer, later chairman of the Laboratory Social Relations Group at Harvard University. Paul Lazarsfeld of Columbia University Sociology Department, who developed with profiler Harold Laswell an opinion research methodology for the OSS based on detailed content analysis of the local press of enemy countries and Rensis Likert. Man, I mean, the, the entire psychology department of every university in the country is listed here. Likert, or Likert, a prudential insurance company key executive immediately before the war, had perfected profiling techniques as the director of research for the Life Insurance Agency Management Association. This equipped him to interact favorably with the head of the U.S. Strategic Bombing Survey, Oh, okay, so who do we need to bomb, <laughs> All right? Who was the former head of Prudential Life Insurance Company? Lickert served as director of the Division of Morale of the Strategic Bombing Survey from 1945 to 1946, from which position he had enormous scope for mass public op opinion profiling and manipulation. It's interesting here, Michael. I I'd be interested whether the American people were in favor of dropping the bomb on Nagasaki and Hiroshima. Of course, all the politicians were in favor of it, right? But where are the people? I wonder if they did a poll on that. All right, next chapter, please. Those kind of polls should not be held. Same no. immigration should not be held. Yeah. That is, that is forbidden. Yeah, right. And even if the poll was negative, opposed to the bombing, they would ignore that and probably not publish it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, the making of public opinion. According to Tabstock Institute records, 
The strategic bombing survey played a key role in forcing Germany to its knees through a highly disciplined program of systematic bombing of Ger German worker housing, which Sir Arthur Harris of RAF was only too delighted to carry out. In addition, from 1939 to 45, Leichert ran the division of program surveys of the Department of Agriculture, from which major studies were undertaken in the techniques of mass uh, persuasion, or to put in another way, making public opinion to fit the desired goals. One can only speculate on the numbers of citizens who believe their support for the Allied war effort sprung from their own opinion. Yeah, right, exactly. That's, that's how it works, folks. You, you consult the experts. Who are the experts? You're manipulators. You know, this is exactly the same situation, although more highly sophisticated as the Pharisees had control of the minds of the, the Judeans in the days of Christ. They had absolute control of the minds of the people teaching the doctrines of men instead of the true gospel, right? This is where it's at. So it's, it's just gotten bigger and bigger and bigger to the point where these lies control the entire world. And a Sussex man says, War is a good way to cover financial collapse and gain assets at the same time. But don't think it will work this time as Babylon on the Thames, that is the Bank of England and the Rothschilds, is collapsing. But they have a, they have a, a backup plan, folks, let be sure. And the Swamp Fox says, I heard the LBMA is being drained and now under 1 billion ounces of silver. And yeah, well, they, they want to eliminate cash, gold and silver. They want to eliminate all that in order to substitute their CBDC. Right? And uh, Sussex Man replies, Fiat currency to be removed by not later than the first month in 2023. Coining of precious metals started in the 9th of June, starting with 1,000 pounds gold coin and others of lesser value in gold and silver. Proclaimed by the Queen in Privy Council at Windsor 8th June this year, maybe all the gold is going into coins? Yeah, hard to say. They definitely want to manipulate the currency. Okay. So, but uh, the only option left for the banksters is central bank digital currency. Now, whether this is going to have an effect on Bitcoin, because there's a concerted effort to control Bitcoin as well, they could simply make it illegal. And certain places of businesses who are legitimate, for lack of a better word, uh, who doing business with the public, they will make it, make it illegal for those businesses to accept Bitcoin any longer. So they can control that market too. Okay, back to you, Michael. Or is it my uh, turn? Uh, one of Likert's key aides in the division was Levine's uh, protege and future Tavistock operative, uh, Dorwin Catherine Wright, who wrote the textbook document titled Some Principles of Mass per Persuasions, which is still in use today. Another major agency for shaping public opinions was the Office of War Information, directed by uh, Garner Cowles for much of the war effort. Bernays was brought into uh, OWI as an advisor. It is out of the nexus we have descri uh, described here uh, that the network of key polling institutions emerged after World War II. They have played a powerful and decisive role in American life ever since. Gallup from the Committee on National Morals Board 
of um, trustees, upgraded his activity and became the key commander of polling institutions for launching new policy. Uh, policies of the Committee of 300, which uh, he passed it off as polling result. Yeah, so everybody believes that these polls, or used to believe anyway, that these polls are honest and fair and unbiased, <laughs> right? Uh, people, you, you should understand, of course, we in identity understand that all this is fake, but uh, they still control the minds of the mass of people who trust media, who trust government. And, and especially liberals. Liberals trust big government. I mean, that's... if I can't believe that these liberals simply trust big government and don't question it. But that's, that's the way they are. That's, they trust big government because government is good, right? Bernays played several key post-war roles. In 1953, he wrote a paper for the State Department that recommended setting up a psychological warfare office by state. In 1954, I think he means state by state. In 1954, he was a consultant to the U.S. Air Force, the Armed Forces branch, most under the influence of the Strategic Bombing Survey people. During this early 1950s period, Bernays was public relations counsel to the United Fruit, that is, United Brands Corporation, one of the leading corporations in the communication national security apparat, Eisenhower's military-industrial complex, then busy with consolidating its power over U.S. policy. So, all these corporations are in league with all of these psychology departments of the universities, and who contributes the most money to the universities? All these pro-communist, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, tax-exempt corporations, right, and other corporations. All right, back to you. Uh, Bernays conducted the propaganda campaign alleging Guatemala was falling under communist control that resulted in a U.S. engineered coup in the country. In 1955, Bernays wrote a book about his experience titled The Engineering of Consent. Uh, the book became the virtual Tavistock blueprint following by the U.S. government to overthrow any country whose uh, policies were unacceptable to the one-world government socialist dictatorship. Right, so... Michael, do you think that the art of medicine has been immune to this kind of uh, information management? No, no. <laughs> right? The, right. If it, if it weren't for allopathic medicine under Rockefeller-style medicine, none of this uh, vaccine program would ever got off the ground. Right? They have to convince the people that vaccines are safe, which we know. Yeah, that's a gigantic style. Okay, right. The biggest lie of the modern era, besides the Jews or Israel, is that vaccines are safe and effective. Right? It's a joke, an absolute joke. All right. Throughout the post-war period, Bernays was a member of the Society for Applied Anthropology, one of Margaret Mead's social control institutions inside the U.S. Again, I had no idea that Margaret Mead was so uh, up in the world of uh, you know, manipulating the people. And the Society for the Psychology, Psychological Study of Social Issues, a group created by John Rawlings Reese, a founding member of Tavistock to run psychiatric shock troops among the American population. And I guarantee you, folks, that Margaret Mead is like the goddess of anthropology. Uh, all the left-wing students in every university in the world just, just worship her opinions. 
one of the first actions was the unleashing of homosexuality in Florida, a move bitterly opposed by Anita Bryant, who had no idea what she was up against. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Okay, next page, Michael. The second of his actions was to introduce to them that non-white people are more intelligent than, than whites, which Ooh. we shall discuss later. Well, oh, yeah, well, we're constantly flooded. Well, of course, the IQ tests say otherwise, but, you know, more propaganda. Oh, yeah. Likert moved to the University of Michigan to set up the Institute for Social Research, ISR, that absorbed the Massachusetts Center for the Study of Group Dynamics, the principal tabs of affiliations in the U.S. in the beginning of the post-war era. Uh, Tavistock's ISR was the center of a number of critical profiling and opinion research subgroups. Among them, the Center for Research in the Utilization of Scientific Knowledge was established by Likert, OSSS, co-worker, and Levine Disciplines, Ronald Lippitt. Ronald Lippitt, okay. Project Director Donald Michael was a leading player in the Club of Rome. Ah, here we go, Club of Rome, the... Uh, the uh, ubiquitous organization for depopulation also financed by the Rockefellers and a second subgroup the Survey Research Center was and obviously the pro-abortion was Likert's own personal creation that grew to become the most elaborate institution in the US for surveying that is creating popular attitudes and trends among the principle of which were demeaning and degrading womanhood <laughs> and pushing the superior intellectual capabilities of non-white persons according to Lewin's carefully crafted scripts. So that's why we have, uh, what do you call it, in the public schools, that's why they had to integrate the public schools and dumb white kids down to make the races equal. Robert Hutchins became famous during this period and his closest colleague in those early years was William Benton the founder in 1929 with Chester Bowles of Benton and Bowles, the well-known advertising firm. Benton utilized Benton and Bowles as a means to develop the science of mass control through advertising. I have to ask you a question here. Is advertising in Sweden, like here in America, infested with multiracial commercials? Yeah, that has been more apparent now. I, when I look at it now, it's... it's uh, everywhere used yeah okay that was invented here in america by various jews right <laughs> okay uh take the rest of the chapter here it was benton's pioneering work supported by douglas cater that led to the development of tavistock uh, burgeoning control over u.s media policy throughout aspen institute of uh, colorado uh, the american home of the socialist one world government committee of 300 uh, and passing, I mentioned that the science of mass media control through ad advertising is today so firmly entrenched that it has became the key component in opinion making. In the early post-World War II days, Hollywood incorporated it into nearly all of its movies. Yeah, talk about war. Sorry, sorry. Talk about wartime propaganda, <laughs> right? And songwriters, yeah. Jewish songwriters, uh, writing songs, you know, promoting war. Yeah. Um, advertising brainwashing was done throughout the type and make of car and hero drove. The brand of cigarette, uh, uh, the 
sove, Lawrence uh, Harvey smoked, the cloth, uh, cloth and makeup the leading lady wore, cloth that became more risky with each passing year. Until today, in 2005, we have womanhood degrading by the likes of Britney Spears' almost naked breast and bare stomach exposed by uh, cotch-hugging jeans, so often uh, wears the social uh, mores that Hollywood enjoys so much in uh, flouting. Yeah, he noticed that, huh? <laughs> All right. What's up next? Chapter 8. Degrading women and decline of moral standards. Well, of course, the 1960s were the epitome of degradation of our society. Pandora's box was opened with all kinds of anti-Christian uh, trends, uh, such as homosexuality, free love, etc., etc., right? And the the oh, pro-communist propaganda in the universities, you know, so everything that was previously... Uh, banned was now becoming popularized so let's get into this the pace of degrading womanhood has quickened at a remarkable degree since hemlines reached the knee this is manifesting itself in such areas as near pornography in mainstream movies and soap operas and we venture to suggest that the day is not far off when such scenes will be total and mandatory this decline in attractive feminine speech can be traced to Tavistock methodology and its practitioners, Cantrell, Lickert, and Lewin. Another noticeable change was the increase in movies featuring interracial dating and sexual encounters coupled with human rights claims for lesbians in the most blatantly open form. Yeah, uh, I was wondering if you'd ever get around to feminism. <laughs> Here he has. Okay. Um, special people were selected and trained for this task. Probably the best known of many being Ellen uh, DeGeneres, who received hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of uh, free publicity under the guise of being interviewed on talk shows and dis discussion groups on the subject of same-sex love, meaning encounters between two females involving a type of sex practice. Uh, meet my husband, Anne Heche. Yeah. Yeah. Benton, uh, the pioneer in degrading uh, womanhood, had as his mentor, social scientist leading expert in profiling theory at Tavistock, one Harold uh, Laswell, who together with uh, Benton founded the American uh, Policy Commission in 1940. Laswell's joint venture with Benton marked the clearest link between Aspen's hidden socialist one world government operations in America and the Tavistock institution. Aspen became the headquarter of the committee of 300 branches in the United States. Yeah, and the wife of Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot is a transgender Jew. <laughs> right? They don't give that creature much publicity. Headley Cantrell, Lickert, and Lewin, with their humanistic psychology brainwashing applied methodology played an increasingly vital role in using opinion research to bring about paradigm shifts, value shifts in society, such as those just described, but on an expanded range and reaching into every level of society that compromised, or, yeah, compromised, yeah, comprised Western civilization as it had been known for centuries. Cantrell's home base 
from where he conducted his war operations against the American people was the Office of Public Opinion Research at Princeton University, founded in 1940, the same year in which Cantrell wrote his book entitled The Invasion from Mars, <laughs> a detailed analysis about how the population of the New York, New Jersey area reacted with fear and panic to Orson Welles' War of the Worlds broadcast in 1938. Now, it's interesting that a lot of these psychological manipulation authors dabble in science fiction. H.G. Wells also included. Right, back to you. Thank you. Yeah. How could they have known that they were part of a profiling venture since it is reasonable to conclude that in 1938 not one in five millions had ever heard of a Harvey Cantrill or the Tavistock Institute? It would be interesting to find out how many Americans have heard of Tavistock now in 2005. Most would remember Orson Welles, but the probabilities are that 99% of the population would not attach any significance to the name, Cantrill, or have any knowledge of the Tavistock Institute. Okay. Uh, let us recount the events of the night of October the 30th, 1938, because the same techniques have been used by the Bush administration, the Defense Department, and the CIA to shape the public perceptions of the events that led up. Uh, to the invasion of Iraq in 2003 and are still very much in uh, use in 2005. Well, I have to recall that uh, when I came back from Vietnam, my you know, obviously the left was posturing as being anti-war. Okay, Certainly the Jewish leaders of the anti-war movement in the 1960s were being used by the Rothschilds to egg on the white college students throughout America and Europe as well, okay? So, but the, their parents who were working in the factories getting really good money because of the war, uh, they were creating this generation gap. So that's another aspect that uh, the psych- psychological program created. They divide and conquer whatever possible division you can create. And of course, between male and female, between feminists and non-feminists, right? War hawks against, uh, what do you call it, uh, peace doves, so-called. And uh, one of the things that I had great difficulty with was the conservative pro-war stance. They really believed that we were fighting communism in Vietnam and uh, whenever I expressed my opinion on that, to the contrary, you know, I, I got like boo- boos and hoots and whistles because they really believed that the Vietnam War was legitimate, okay? Uh, I don't think there's anybody left who really believes that that war was legitimate anymore. It was a total fabricated war, okay? So, uh, in 1938... Orson Welles had created quite a reputation for himself as a master at staging fake news events by making use of the English author H.G. Wells, a former MI6 operative, and his book, The War of the World. So I didn't know that H.G. Wells was an MI6 operative. In the radio adaptation of the Wells work, The Other Wells, okay, so we have H.G. Wells and Orson Welles, okay, interrupted radio programs in New Jersey with an announcement that Martians had just landed. Quote, 
The Martian invasion has begun, said Orson Welles, spreading fear and panic, okay? I wonder if that technique would still work today. People would probably be really blasé. Really? Martians have landed? Show me. Where? Give me proof. But I, I suppose some people will be influenced by that. Back to you. During the four-hour-long production, it was announced no less than four, hour, four times that what radio audiences were listening to was a fictitious re-entanchment of what it would be like if A.G. Wells' story had come to life. But that availed nothing. Panic-ripped millions of people who fled from their homes in terror, jamming roads and communication systems. What was the purpose of, of the hoax? In the first instance, it was a gauge. Just how effective Cantrell and Tavistock's method were in practice, and perhaps of greater importance, it was to see, set the stage for the coming war in Europe, in which news broadcasts would play a crucial role in, in information gathering and uh, dissemination uh, as an established source of re- reliable information, as well as a forum for uh, directing public opinion. All right, what do they call? Yeah, uh, what do they call it today? Virtual reality, <laughs> right? They're they're increasing their techniques of blending fiction with reality. Back to you. Two days after the Martian uh, Martian invasion news broadcast, an editorial in the New York Times headed "Terror by Radio" uh, in advertently shed light on what Tavistock had in mind. Uh, for the American people in the coming war now looming closer. What began as an, an entertainment might readily have ended in disaster. The editorial said radio officials had a responsibility and should think twice before mingling news techniques with fiction so terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think the, the uh, entert- infotainment business has learned anything? Or ha- had their moral standards raised after this they, event? They yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a they test. Learned, yeah, go ahead. I guess. Yeah, sorry. They learned that it works. They yes. they saw okay, that was a, that was a test to see how well does it work. So they so they learned something for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, as long as you can entertain people and you blend entertainment with fake news, you can accomplish just about anything. But I really hope that people are beginning to wake up to this process. And again, I have to thank Donald Trump for making the American people aware. I mean, for those who weren't aware that fake news is a major problem, most people are aware of it now, and certainly most conservatives are. What the Times had inadvertently stumbled onto was the wave of the future seen through the eyes of the theoreticians at Tavistock. Henceforth, mingling news techniques with fiction so terrifying that it would be taken as fact was to be standard practice for the graduates of Tavistock. All news broadcasts were to be adaptations of news and fiction in a skillful blend so as to make the one unrecognizable from the other. In fact, Tavistock put their newly tested theory into practice a year later when the population cities of Europe, London, Munich, Paris, and Amsterdam were smitten with war jitters even as Neville Chamberlain was successfully avoiding war, using the same techniques that were employed in the October 1938 War of the Worlds radio broadcast. So, fear and terror, fear and terror, fear and terror everywhere. Okay, so, all right, we only have about two minutes left, so uh, all I can say, Michael, is this book by, by John Coleman 
is must reading by everybody because it exposes the fictitious nature of the art of psychology, which is nothing but propaganda, right? There's hardly, most techniques of psychology which are supposed to help people get over their psychological problems don't work. They simply don't work. You can spend thousands of dollars having a shrink analyze your brain while you're lying on his couch, right? Doesn't do you any good, right? It's just ridiculous. It's nonsense. The whole, the whole discipline is nonsense. And now we're finding what's really going on with the art of psychology is propaganda controlling and manipulating the masses. That's the true purpose of it. Over to you. Yeah, and I would say the best tips if people feel a bit down is to open your Bible and read Psalms and Proverbs. Right. Yeah, and yeah. your psychologist. That's our father Yahweh is the best psychologist you can find. He he knows exactly how to help you in any any situations. Right. And so yeah, and that brings up a good point because what they have created is a secular state of experts educated by universities whose only purpose is to control you. Right? How can you trust these people? Can you? <laughs> that's why you know, we've been saying this for years, Michael. The best thing you can do for your children is to not send them to university. They will become your enemies and they will become pawns of the secular state. That's the only thing that can happen. Keep them out of the universities at all costs. You know, get Let them uh, earn a, a degree or a, a diploma in some technical art that might be useful to them. But the psychology, or even religion as taught in the universities is, is complete trash. All right? And so there's no, no good that a university education can do anybody. It's just absolutely worthless. Okay, Michael, thanks for narrating. And folks, we'll be back next week. And uh, stay tuned to uh, reality <laughs> and avoid media because that's not real, folks. Take care. Yahweh bless. Thank you, Michael. Yo, let's y'all. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, Pastor Eli James here. This is Eurofolk Radio. Today is September 18th, 2022. And last week, well, of course, uh, Michael is back with us. How are you doing, Michael? I am doing good, doing 